Hi, I'm Susan Clark. And I'm Chris Marie Campbell. Welcome to the Beauty of Conflict podcast. Have you ever wanted to take some of what you've learned on the podcast to the next level? Well, check out our new step-by-step, easy-to-use team kit to get your team from avoiding conflict to discovering the beauty in conflict. To learn more, go to www.thriving.com forward slash team kit. That's www.thriveinc.com forward slash T-E-A-M-K-I-T. Well, welcome to the Beauty of Conflict. And today I have a very special guest, Genevieve Patero. And she was in a career, a very successful career as a television marketing executive in New York City. She did that for 20 years when a little girl's question, what are pajamas, changed the course of her life. At that moment, Genevieve decided to jump off that corporate ladder and began developing pajamas and books to children in shelters. Wow. In 2001, she founded the Pajama Program, which has been recognized nationwide for both its success and for Genevieve's story. She's an international speaker, consultant, and author. She's just published this book, I think, in 2020, Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas. And it's transformational. It's about her life from corporate life to a nonprofit and really to making a living from pajamas, which is pretty cool. <laughs> she goes out on the speaking tour often. Her new venture with this book is available and she's available to speak. Welcome, Genevieve. <laughs> We're very happy to have you here. And because I'm really excited to hear more about how you, you know, decided to make the leap into pajamas, finding your purpose in pajamas. <laughs> yes, I say I found my pajamas and I, and I want other people to find their pajamas. <laughs> and Susan, I never thought I'd be here. I, I never thought I'd make any leap. I was on, you know, one track to climb that corporate ladder. I wanted to be that woman, that Mary Tyler Moore character who oh, made it in a man's world of entertainment and climbing, you know, a ladder in a big city. And for me, that was New York. And I That's was- That's a pretty big city. That. Let's just be yeah. clear. <laughs> it, it happened to be, you know, the city nearest me and it worked. Oh, cool. And I, and I did that for 12 years. and I loved it. I, I did. I thought that, you know, I wasn't thinking purpose. I, if you had asked me then, because I never even thought about it, I would have said, oh, purpose is for those special few who, oh. you know, invented something or changed the world like the Dalai Lama or Gandhi or, you know, Thomas Edison or Mother Teresa, Oprah. Those people were lucky. You know, they found or they got a purpose. The rest of us are, you know, just lucky to be, you know, successful in some way. Okay. So in that, in your corporate world, in the marketing world, it sounds like that was a job you took because you could do it, not because you loved it necessarily, but it was okay. Yes. Yes. I enjoyed the life. It was a a fun job. I enjoyed the people, you know, but that, that voice that I heard 12 years in was the biggest, you know, the biggest awakening that that I could have imagined because I, I heard a voice in in my heart and not in my head I know that head voice very well <laughs> and there was a, a voice that asked me if this is the next 30 years of your life is this enough wow and that's what woke me up to say there's no meaning here mm. and although it's fun and busy and it filled my days with excitement and you know status and success was what i was going for then it wasn't going deep it mm. just was surface work and i never i never thought about it before wow and it sounds like 
this little girl kind of ask you a question that suddenly got you into a, a different space? Was this before or after you started to hear that voice? How did well, I heard that voice and then I realized what my life was, busyness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was aiming for success that way in the business world. And I realized that my traditional family, my parents, from my father from Italy, my mother, parents from Italy, they always thought, well, our kids will go to college and get married and have children and family because that was, that's the biggest part of, you know, our tradition for most part. And that wasn't the drummer I was, you know, I was marching to, I wanted that corporate life. So in that moment, when I heard that voice, I thought, wow, I must've missed something because to hear that voice and seconds later to answer it myself by saying, no, it's not enough of a life. Right. I realized the first thing was maybe there is something to that having a family that I missed. And I started reading in shelters at bedtime because it was when I could go after work. Wow. And when I started reading to little children who were in emergency situations brought in by police and social workers, they sitting on the floor in my corporate suit with these little faces really grounded me and really woke me up to what it felt like to be connected to not only other humans, but to this need that was staring me in the face. Mm -hmm. And when I saw how they were going to sleep weeks later, when I sort of followed the staff, bringing them to a place to go to sleep, it broke my heart to see them on cots and futons. I mean, it was the total opposite of the way my mom put us four kids to sleep with stories and snacks and cozy and hugs and kisses and of course, pajamas. And these children were wearing the clothes they'd been wearing for who knows how long. Right. Wow. And when I brought pajamas the next week and gave them out, one little girl was so afraid of me of taking anything from me. And at the very end, she summed up her courage to ask me, miss, what are pajamas? Wow. (laughs) I bet that was a pretty powerful moment. You know, that's, it changed everything. It's just stopped me in my tracks and totally reversed where my passion and energy was going. Hmm. And so what happened next? How did you, cause you've gone from what you were doing, reading bedtime stories to making this something that's pretty amazing in terms of how you've maybe changed some many lives for. I pray every day that it changes a, a few lives, but it's, it became an obsession. This is, as you can imagine, <laughs> that question lingered, you know, with me 24 hours a day. And I, I just couldn't gather the excitement to go to work every day. I forced myself to, because I, I had no other income. I had to pay mortgage and I had to get it done, but it it was not my focus anymore. I did what I had to do to get that paycheck until it became clear that this obsession I had for running around town, buying pajamas, hiding them from my, my employers, you know, finding every excuse to leave early, come in late. And it just went from being a stellar employee to the worst employee and not explaining myself. I mean, everything is in my book. It was a very personal, I did it personally because I wanted other people to, to know there's not a right way to, to do. I didn't do it the right way. And there's not always a right way. Well, I just think following your heart's the right way. I I think what you're bringing up now, where I'm sort of intrigued by it and how it fits into kind of what we often are talking about here, is that I imagine 
even as you were going through that, you knew you wanted to leave the corporate world, you knew this was your passion, and you were doing this sort of not really telling where you were working exactly what you were doing. And so there must have been some internal conflict for you that was going on about exactly what, what should I communicate? What shouldn't I? How should I take this journey? And because we're always saying, you know, yeah, there's there's conflict inside and out. And how you navigate that, whether you listen or pay attention, is pretty critical to how successful you end up being in terms of feeling better, healthier and whole. And it sounds like you maybe had some challenges navigating it, but you got through it because you seem pretty whole now. So any comments on that? Like now it's 22 years later. I've had a lot of years to get <laughs> tried to make peace with myself. Well, yes. At the beginning, as you can imagine, my brain was telling me I was crazy, mm -hmm. totally off the wall. And it was telling me, don't say anything to anyone because they're going to tell you you're crazy and you'll lose respect and you'll lose any friends and you'll lose support and you'll lose your job. Okay. So, and you know, I, I asked myself, how does this sound? I think I'm going to leave my corporate job and the 12 years of climbing and success I've had to bring pajamas to children in shelters. When I said that to myself, I could understand how someone would say, are you crazy? <laughs> so that, that didn't help me share and hiding everything. There's, there's a chapter in my book called leave juggling to the clowns. <laughs> you know, you think, and maybe this is how people hide, think, when they are hiding things that you're doing such a good job hiding things nobody knows you know i'm covering my tracks wrong that wrong is, well and your brain is you know convincing you that you are out of your mind but the conflict comes because my heart was telling me go there go there and my brain was saying stay right here don't you dare go there and, and it was so hard and i can imagine i, I love what you said about you know I knew all this conflict was going on inside of me. And, and it sounds like you could make assumptions that nobody else knew because you were dealing with it. And that is so true. Most of the time, whatever we're conflicted about inside, if we don't in some way either deal with it or say something about it, people pick it up. Now, I, I do work with horses and it's always interesting to me because uh, people, we have learned to be socially polite. So we don't say, what is going on with you? Why are you, you know, something is up. You're di different than you've ever, but a horse just simply, when they don't think you're congruent, they just move away from you. So you get really good biofeedback on a regular basis from a horse about whether your insides are matching your outside. And that sounds like, I can imagine if I'd had you in a horse session, <laughs> that horse would have been like, she said, I'm moving, I'm, you know, going around the pen here because I don't know what she's up to. I'm not sure yet. Until you probably named that conflict. And then, you know, and for you, at what point, what got you to the point where it was like, okay, I can't keep doing it this way. Something must have kind of happened where you decided. Yeah, I almost got fired. I thought I was hiding things, you know, and I thought I was doing a good, I mean, I, I knew that I wasn't coming in at six and leaving at eight. You know, and I knew that some behavior was changing. That was clearly obvious, but I didn't know to what degree until I was assembling some materials because I was going on a, a business trip. And oh, this one was I was sending some to a prospective client, a box full of things. And my mind clearly wasn't on what I was putting in this box because my boss, who usually wasn't in town, was in town. And I didn't even notice him standing near me watching. And I looked up and I, and I, you know, I came into real time there 
Mm-hmm. And I looked up and he looked at me and he looked in the box and I looked in the box, which was a mess. And he said, what are you doing? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And it was like a locomotive train. Just I just put on the brakes and I saw what he saw and everything came together that I wasn't fooling anyone. And the gig jig was up, as they say. Right. All right. And I then had to really think about how I could pay the mortgage, but not have the job the way I had had it and not lose any more face than I already had. Mm-hmm. So I went to project work, still having to make money. Now I was single, but I just had met a guy that I considered maybe this would work, you know, work in itself into a beautiful relationship, but he thinks I'm a corporate executive and that I'll be a, you know, second income if we do the, you know, combining thing. And that was a test, conflicted whether to tell him or not. Yeah. And I, I worried about that. I worried about telling anybody. But when I told him that just the way I rehearsed it, as ridiculous as it sounded, I, I think I'm, I'm, I told him about the experience and I think I'm going to have to leave this corporate world and find a way somehow to get pajamas and books to children who are in shelters. And I, I know it sounds crazy. The first thing he said was go for it. Okay. That, then you probably got another little sign going off. This might be the real thing. <laughs> so that was, that was a good thing. But on the other hand, when I confessed to a colleague, but not in my business, so she couldn't wrap me out. She was also climbing the corporate ladder in another business and we became friends. I told her after a glass of wine and she said, are you crazy? You have worked so hard to get where you are. How in the world are you going to pay your bills? Can't you just do that once in a while on the side? And she just sort of battered me with questions. And I just felt so beat up and I was so upset. And it really... It really took a toll on me for for a while. Well, I mean, when I said, I bet you that was a, you know, a good sign from that guy. Did that relationship, has that stick? I married him. Okay. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I was meaning. That's the, you followed that calling too. Not just the calling for the job, but you know, because I hear the other, you know, the external representation in the way of your own mind, like you're crazy. It was, you know, you had them write both right outside of you. Like you had this person saying, go for it, who you were interested in, liked, was developing a relationship with, and you had this other person doing what you were doing, saying you were crazy. So yeah. that sounds like a pretty powerful situation to be in. And it I can imagine really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But you you went for it and now you're married and you have this incredible yeah, program that has really evolved, it seems like, beyond probably what you even imagined. Oh my goodness, way beyond it. And it grew organically. You know, I had no idea that people would feel the way I did about what that little girl asked me. And every time I tell that story, it feels to me as if that little girl is asking the question to you or to whoever I'm speaking to. She sort of comes through me and they feel exactly the pain I felt about Mm. her loneliness and what her life must be like and what a simple thing we can do to at least bring some comfort. And I believed, and I believe now, some invisible love that these children feel when they get a pair of new warm pajamas and a storybook. Mm -hmm. And there's more to it than the material. And I've learned in 22 years, the real meaning of pajamas and books and bedtime. Mm. And, And that's, I think, what so many people knew before me 
And I just had to tell them that that story about the little girl. And they taught me over the years through their stories about bedtime, how important it is. And, you know, I thank my mother every day. She's 85. I thank her every day because I knew because of the bedtime she gave me what was wrong when I looked in their room. Right. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a very powerful story. And, you know, I'm thinking too, you know, cause you, you've kind of even gone a little further because now your passion includes helping all ages get the idea that your purpose is pretty critical to your purpose and your passion is pretty critical to probably how well you sleep at night, but also, you know, your aliveness, how well you live your life. So, cause it has gone beyond just, I mean, you're still doing that, but there's more to your message now, it's, I, I believe. Is that true? Right. right. Well, <laughs> I started 22 years ago and we became a 501c3 20 years ago. We just celebrated 20 years. We have 63 chapters across the U.S. and have given 7 million plus pajamas and books to children. So I went to the board a few years ago to, and I said to them, I've always wanted to write a book because I feel that my next purpose and you know, you don't have to have just one purpose. Sometimes a purpose comes after another purpose and another purpose comes after that. Sometimes they're related, sometimes they're not. But when you get a taste of purpose, boy, you love it. And it's, it becomes a life. It's not that it's separated between work and, you know, then life. And I went to the board and I said, I'd like us to hire an executive director. I will give my salary back because I want to make my way teaching purpose and helping people find purpose. And what's the purpose of purpose? Yeah. And writing my book. So I did that three years ago. Little did I know the pandemic had an idea to come and thwart the in-person speaking and the, you know, but. But maybe putting a lot more emphasis on the very thing you want to talk about, because so many people, I think this pandemic has, wasn't the same way you got stirred up to realize you weren't doing what you wanted to do. But this thing has sure made people face, am I where I want to be? Am I where I want to be 30 years from now? And how do I find a purpose in such a time of uncertainty? So it's pretty, you know. Yes, it's, you're absolutely right. That's how it turned out, Susan. And that's pretty, you know, because I, I really do get that, you know, if you can hear that calling, that little nudge, it can be profound in terms of following it. And there's all sorts of conflict and obstacles that will likely come up. And often I think the bigger the purpose, probably a little more conflicted the waters might be in terms of getting, you know, shifting from one, even your original situation, shifting from where you were to this whole different kind of reason and purpose and meaning. Imagine the second go around, it wasn't quite as turbulent because you were already on that path. Like purpose is what brought me here. So may not have been as turbulent, even with COVID, but tell me where I'm wrong. You know? <laughs> well, it's still scary. Scary. Um, it's still, it's still, I trust more. I know that the universe is there when you're on purpose in, in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Still doesn't make me a, a fan of just waking up and say, whatever will be, will be. I need, you know, I need to, to pay my bills. I need to make this work because I know people are hungry for it. I need to be aligned with those people. And it's not, it's not easy. I'm not a saver. So I'm envious of those people who save a whole bunch of money to do what they really want to do when they retire or when they're ready to leave the corporate world. I'm just not built that way. I, I jump in and I figure out how to swim. Okay. So, well, but you got to realize though, I mean, surely in the years that you've done this now, 
you realize that a lot of those people who you're talking about that look like they saved, made money and wait for retirement, that's not necessarily the journey. At least my experience is working with very successful people. They don't actually ever settle. It's either gotta be more or even when they do retire, sadly, some of them that's actually, that just doesn't help at all. That's not, or worse, something happens to them before they even get the chance to retire. So yes, that, that's difficult. That's sad. That yes, is, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know. I do take comfort in having those conversations with people who are as crazy as I am. Um, it, it does help get through the nights when, you know, you're, you're trying to remember that there's a purpose for this whole pandemic oh, and, yeah. and everything and, you know, and it will come. It's funny, you know, we have, you know, the beauty of conflict, one of the reasons that was the name of our first book. And, you know, it also rings true for, you know, people always ask us, you guys must like conflict. And it's like, no, that's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> and we didn't call the book the joy of conflict, the comfort of conflict. I love conflict. Yeah. Or, you know, it's, we called it the beauty of conflict because beauty has depth. And I think that's what you're describing. It's not as you're talking about this next phase that you're in and your new purpose of, I would expect you to anytime you're on that edge of purpose and meaning, I think you do have some, I would be surprised if you didn't tell me there wasn't some fear or resistance coming up. I, you know, maybe there are those people who you just are so sure and they can actually wake up like everything is on track every morning. Most of the people I talk to aren't like that. And, you know, it may look like that on Facebook too sometimes, but yes. most of us are kind of in this quandary of like, whoa, wait a minute. And I think sometimes that is actually a healthy sign that you're alive. You know, well, I try to share that because it brings comfort to me, but others. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping to do to inspire people to say, I know I'm doing it again. It worked out the first time and I believe. And you know, I want you to know that feeling scared is normal. That's great. And I mean, if you were to say, because, you know, again, this isn't like it always works out. So what's one of the more challenging things you've had to deal with on this journey of, you know, being on, knowing you're on track, but didn't wait? I, I want people to know that it's never too late. And some people think it is. And during this pandemic, while so many people are taking an opportunity to just go in, in, inside their heart and see if the next 30 years of what they've been doing is enough for them or not. I think there have been a lot of people who can and are making a move toward that. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people have pushed what's on the back burner further back because mm -hmm. of the conflicts in them about you know, trying to just keep what they have and, and trying to make ends meet. And I get that. Right. So trying to inspire them to give themselves a gift of bringing that love that what they really want to do to the front a little bit, even if they can't swap lives, but to give themselves an hour of that a week, especially during this difficult mm -hmm. time, how precious that is and what a signal that sends to your heart, to your soul, to your family, to your friends, that you are including this love you have for something in your life. And that enthusiasm and energy is contagious. Yes. So. And then some people, it takes a little extra effort to believe that. And that breaks my heart because I, I, want, I want them to feel what it feels like for even an hour to, to do what they love, even when they're going through 
you know, all this conflict. Yes, I was thinking that that's probably really critical right now because I do I do agree. So many people, this has either brought people forward and created the move that they want to make, or it sent people further back and more concerned about security and safety and what may not be happening. And I like that idea of maybe you can't do it all, but if you can put that taste of purpose and meaning into your life on a regular basis, it's likely to grow, which is kind of what happened for you. You know, you start off just doing the reading at night. And yeah. I, you know, I also believe, you know, cause you told me when we were get coming on, there's no age limit to this. So I thought that was an interesting thing you shared because you started off with that little girl in, you know, in the home she was in. And the way I heard you describing, you know, people who are in a retirement home or in, and it's like, you've gone to the other end of the spectrum, people who think life for a different reason and may be neglected and feel at a loss could really stand to hear your voice. Because I think that's, that was really struck by that. It's like, she's gone from the youngest in need and to another generational group that probably needs to understand find a way through. And do you do you talk to people who are in retirement zones? Do you reach out to that group of people as well? Yes, both colleges, because that's very important to, to reach people who are just making life decisions and career yeah. decisions. So from that end, and yes, I just came back from Florida and I had three audiences and two of them, well, for the most part, almost all three were seniors that the places that were where I was speaking and, and I spoke about it and, you know, people move to Florida or somewhere when they retire, but they want to feel purposeful. They want to yeah. find a new purpose. They want to find a new, exciting life, mm -hmm. a new chapter. You know, nobody, well, I haven't met anybody yet who says, I'm just going to sit here and rock on my rocker until, you know, the Lord calls me. And, you know, it's not that way. They, we all want to keep feeling like we have meaning to our day. So, it, it can be an exciting time because that's the time when you have more time and you have friends who will understand because they're in the same position. They're, they're also looking to be, you know, still stimulated. That's a great point. I mean, a lot of times, you know, it is, I don't know if it's always seniors or people who retired early or even other people who have the means sometimes to kind of pull together and do something grassroots for a cause that they truly believe in, in, in that search for finding meaning and purpose, you know, and that's never, I do agree with you, you know, it's like Viktor Frankl said, you know, that's what he said, brought him through all those concentration camps, you know, in the concentration camps was, if you could find meaning and purpose, and it doesn't have to look the way you think it does, you know, and it's, it, you know, if you can hold on to that, it makes a big difference. And I think what you're saying, not just hold on to it, but listen to what might be calling you in the first place. Yes, we all have that. Every single one of us has a purpose. It's not just for lucky few who become famous. We all have a purpose and we have to know that. And I tell people that right away when I meet them, when, when I start speaking, I didn't know that. Well, and most people really weren't born the Dalai Lama where it was sort of, you know, already someone said, you are this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> something, I don't know that for sure, but there's some sort yeah. of version of that. You know, most of us are actually probably wondering who are we and wanting to figure that out. And it is a lifetime journey. So it, this has been great to talk about, but I'd also like to let people know how they can find you, where they can find your book and, you know, what other ways could they participate in what you're up to? Cause I think it's important and may help them find their purpose. So. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to brainstorm with anyone or, or connect. I'm at GenevievePituro.com. And my book is Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas, 
and it's on Amazon or anywhere people buy books online. And I'm happy to talk. I do purpose coaching and I speak about purposeful leadership and at the next chapter to all ages, as we said. And I just love, I'm a good listener. So if anybody is, is stuck, feel free to email me. You'll find it on my website or it's Jen, G-E-N at GenevievePetero.com. And let's have a conversation. I'm, you know, I have to share so that people can understand they're not alone. Okay. That's a, I love that message. And we will actually put all that in the show notes as well. So people will have a way in case you didn't pick that up as she said it, but the book I can, you, you guys aren't seeing this, but I can see the book right behind her. It's got a great purpose, passion, and pajamas. I mean, really, that's a, a great cover. So I love that it's easy to, to find. And thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Susan, for the invitation. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. We hope you found today's episode valuable. We know you're busy and we want to make it easy for you to understand how conflict may be showing up in a way that's impacting your team negatively. We recorded the first three chapters of our book for you to listen to for free. Get your free audio sample at thriveinc.com forward slash free sample. That's T-H-R-I-V-E-I-N-C.com forward slash F-R-E-E-S-A-M-P-L-E.